0: Welcome to the Radiant Design Living Show. This is a show about beauty, faith, and abundance, and a new paradigm to experience magic in everyday living. I am Deborah Brown, and I am so pleased to be co-hosting this show with my good friend and mentor, Donna Bell. Donna? Hi. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad (laughs) to have you here. For a moment there, I thought I was by myself. I was like, Donna? (laughs) Donna! That's the magic... Exactly. It's the magic in everyday living uh, when you are in two different states. Uh, I'm in Arizona and you're in Colorado, right? Yes. And yet we can still be here together. That's so great. Modern technology. It is. It's absolutely phenomenal. We could not have done this 10 years ago. (laughs) Um, Let's begin our journey together with what I call your 2-minute movie. And the reason I want to do that is because I want our listeners to know who you are, who you've been, maybe even who you want to be when you grow up. So I want you to tell me about you, starting as far back as you'd like to go, coming forward to today, sitting here with me. And I don't know how you're going to do it, but you've got two minutes. Ready? Go.
1: So I actually cleaned um, houses and environments for the elite in the beginning Of years and years ago, 35 years ago. And during that time, I ended up um, being inspired at the level of everything that I was doing in support of people to have a cleaning company. So I had a house cleaning company. That cleaning company was called Cleaning Logistics. Kept serving in that capacity for years and years and years. And I discovered very specific principles during that time. While I was in the company, individuals began to contact me all of a sudden in large numbers uh, to find out about getting support who couldn't afford it. So that became a segue for me. I actually turned it over to people that were working in our company, and I started to work with the ones who were less fortunate and disenfranchised and didn't know how to deal with the issues they were dealing with. From that, that led me to ending up having a nonprofit called Bringing Home America. I had that for five years. During that time that's when I had a radio show and it was just a glorious show that people would call in, they'd learn the principles and literally you could call in and ask um, what things were that were going on in your refrigerator or your closets or your drawers and I could be able to teach them how to recognize what the um, behaviors and attitudes and internal behaviors were that were going on with them. So, in in joy, I began to be called the closet prophetess, reading the tea leaves in your closet. Okay, and then from that, um, besides the work we did with thousands of people in the community, going in and cleaning the houses and applying these remarkable transformational principles of God to with everyone involved. Then what happened is that I started training. I got very involved in training uh, corporation agencies that were serving the poor. From that point, it leaps into me being a corporate uh, transformer, going into corporations and teaching them how to be able to recognize what the bottom line was in regards to their business and their lives by the physical condition that was before them or how they were operating inside the state. And so then as we go along in this show, I'll leave you at that because you can see from this mapping that I ended up going into corporations. And then some things happened in my life so dramatically that all of the things that I did in the way of hands-on and in the field with thousands of people got completely translated into webinars and books that would make it easy for thousands of people to be able to be trained all at once at a time. So the technological age is here, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. So thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Well, I will tell you that what comes up for me in hearing your your journey, at least this part of it, around the house cleaning that led to all the way to webinars and books and touching so many people's lives and helping them figure stuff out because of whatever's going on in their refrigerator, their closet, and their drawers, that just sounds so fascinating. And I think that's why when we say we're going to be experiencing a new paradigm, um, I think that's kind of the, the grounding for this, isn't it? That that whole idea that how your closets are arranged tells so much of the story about who you are and how you're being. Is that right?
1: Yes, it does. I mean, feng shui is a beautiful thing that many people uh, connect with. And the thing is, though, they can have the results that they have after they position things, but that really isn't enough because we need to know the core issues that were behind the conditions before the major shift happens. What ha- occurs for you and I as an individual When I went through this myself, so I became an expert at it because of the level that I had to go through and then life experiences that would force me to go through greater and greater things about it, Uh, we're in a world right now where there's so much fear and deprivation and, and individuals thinking that, you know, they're believing in their fears. They're believing in the constructs that are actually all around them through resignation in their physical environment, if this makes sense. An example of resignation is that a mother who's working so hard to take care of her family and everything, and and the husband loses a job, and she's so worried about everything, she's trying to keep up with everything, there's no question, but all of a sudden the house starts to fall apart. All of a sudden she's lost touch with even connecting with her children because she's got so much concern that is a resignation that begins to permeate the environment itself. Um, books that you could say that you're always going to read but you never read become an altar of resignation, of never doing anything about it, feeling guilty about it, and they really become a physical experience of you're not going anywhere, of you're not keeping your words. So that's an example.
0: So I'm going to assume then that goals and things like that that people set for themselves or New Year's resolutions that don't happen, that might be part of this, this continuum of not completing and you know being confused about what's going on and, um, and just not being grounded, not being physically grounded in having things turn out the way either you want or God intended. Am I on the right track?
1: Yes, you are. It has to do with we have a physical environment, each of us right in front of us, and it tells the truth. Your mind may not. You may be on to other things, your goal setting, I'm going to make $10,000 this month, and your office is in chaos. Chances are you're not going to receive the $10,000. And it has to do with the fact that Structures have been put in place that are unconscious, that are easily evident within the physical environment. But these are, con- these are structures of unconsciousness that go deep. It's actually in the webinar spoken of as the layers of darkness. So many people right now are into even consciousness. Consciousness is a wonderful thing. Law of attraction is a wonderful thing, and it works for a lot of people. But this is like getting at the core, the nuts and bolts that allow you to recognize what is behind that which is happening on behalf of you in your life. whether it be negative, whether it be positive, whether it be glorious and uh, you know, extraordinary. there's a way that you can be in touch with principles that allow you to live inside a flow that teach you who you are in this participation with physical existence. And I truly emphasize physical. So much right now is being spoken of in consciousness from every direction. Well, there's another side to consciousness, everyone, and that's the physical reality. And I'm speaking connectedness. I'm not speaking, oh, well, I got my house done, I got it clean, it's tidy. And now I'm on to the next thing. That's a masculine kind of movement to living worlds that are right in front of you. And I became very clear about this, and we'll talk about it in the future of the shows and stuff. But I went through very serious um, healing paths that brought me to very great clarity about so many things because I couldn't do anything. I got to learn what it is to be supported by magnificent worlds that are there just to absolutely support me when I could do nothing.
0: Before we get to that, and I have made a note to come back to that, of course, but I was listening to you mention the word flow, and I had been thinking of what your work is in terms of grounding and anchoring in the physical and yet flow kind of implies something else or sets up something else. So can you have grounding, anchoring, and flow at the same time?
1: Yes, when you're not doing the flow. When you're ah. connecting and there's, it's easy in the world, everybody knows that there's energy in everything, okay? And, and we seem to be very satisfied with that. But there is far more to what the energy and everything is there is a physical existence energy comprises that i discovered most people have bypassed and we call it materiality and we think it's not important or we call it materiality and i'm i'm going to be able to have the next thing the next thing that's my focus but not recognizing certain laws that are behind placement certain laws that occur with among physical existence that unless we slow it down and truly receive we cannot know these worlds that organize on each of us on behalf of each of us
0: that right there is a a wonderful uh, principle let's say that I would like for you to explain a little bit more so you're suggesting you're telling you're you're telling us not suggesting, you're telling us, that um, – and uh, by, by the way, everyone, I'd like to mention that I, I did refer to you as my mentor when I introduced the show for a reason, and that is this is a new, this is a new space for, for me and probably for most people listening right now to almost reframe how we think about our stuff – both our physical stuff and our, our emotional and mental stuff, all the baggage we carry, all that all that, that has an opportunity to be chaos, uh, you, Donna, have figured out ways to explain and, and be with that in a, in a way that's very different from anybody else that I've ever heard. And I believe it's because of the, what has rearranged itself on behalf of you. Am I right?
1: Well, it's did this for years and years and years. I discovered working with millionaires, working with a billionaire, working with the upper income, the low income, everybody had a closet to clean. And, And as I would work within the principles before I went through the kind of things I went through later, I would see very specific, predictable things that would occur. I discovered that the most important thing throughout my life and so much of what individuals want to avoid is the chaos. It became a gift to me.
0: That seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? So why is it a gift?
1: Through the hardest times and we're making ourselves the most wrong, that can be the, the most incredible opportunity of what you're moving through to be able to receive.
0: I think I'm having I'm having one of those moments where I'm I'm feeling that it is so juxtaposed in my understanding because it's not how I think that I need a little help here. So you're saying that chaos is a gift. If you yes. if you embrace it, if you understand that it is there for an opportunity for learning, for growth, that you have choices on the other side of chaos or inside chaos. Am I right? Right, right.
1: It's a blessing when I can talk about what I experienced going into the chaos of the world, of disenfranchised families, the most serious conditions you could possibly imagine. I had the privilege of working with people that wanted to make a difference, no matter what economic rank in their life. When they found out that we could come into a course and people could be able to be in that course and experience everything of relatedness with each other, with the low income, the wealthy, the middle income, the upper, it didn't matter. Because in that course, in a very specific way, through method, each individual began to feel safe within that space, to tell the truth about their own closet. And the chaos of the mother who had three gang leaders for sons, the outcome that we had when we went... when. She wouldn't let us go into her house, but she came out and served others and learned the principles. Within six weeks, all three of her sons, she would never have imagined, came out of the game. We saw through this application, through this experience at level of group, that we could serve without judgment, not knowing beforehand how we were going to go into each of those houses, because you can imagine... I'm talking, you know, sometimes we'd have a 17-foot dumpster in front of a house and there were three of them to be able to do the cleaning that needed to happen.
0: So you're talking about going into homes of of various levels of society, let's say, people that, you know, various income levels, and actually as a team of people uh, cleaning out and organizing and arranging things for beauty and and a beautiful physical space. Is that what you were doing?
1: Right, but they had. there was experience that occurs. It's not, you can't just, the mind is really great about recognizing beauty, but I'm speaking about uh, a design of transformative laws of beauty that bring you into an experience that's beyond what you, you could possibly imagine. As we experience those kind of connections, We would never tell anyone what to let go of. I'm only sharing this story because we're talking about chaos. We're talking about people, uh, for me, I'm going to talk here for a second politically. You know, we get all excited and we're going to get them jobs and we're going to send these people out and we're going to make sure they have all the jobs. But we don't think about their teeth. We don't think about the condition that they're in health-wise even go out and be in the job. When we were in community, we discovered that the magic of our community was that dentists who were out there cleaning the houses were suddenly giving up their services to the one that wouldn't have gone in for a job interview because she'd have cried all the way there and cried all the way through with how severe her mouth was. We're talking about a, heartful, a heart-centered community. I I truly want you to know that chaos brought out the heart in each one of us just like an earthquake does. We just faced the earthquake behind the doors in America versus having to be forced and compelled to experience an earthquake. That was chaos. We didn't know what we were going to do beforehand in the same way that you don't know what you're going to do beforehand when an earthquake hits the whole state.
0: That's right. We all
1: of a sudden start looking into our bedrooms and seeing who we can take, the ones who remain, or across the country, across the world. So that's chaos. Then I discovered, as I worked with people and they cried their hearts out and moved through the chaos, in the same way as our community, the chaos became a signature for us to be able to serve without judgment. It became a gateway for us to reach into ourselves, into an intuitive knowing beyond anything we've ever had. We saw miracle after miracle occur as we faced into it. This is why I mention that, because each and every one of you who are having difficult times right now in your life that may be listening to this, when you can face into it, when you can bring order, each time you can bring a little bit of order, I promise you there's a law in effect. And that law is the law of revealing. So when you put something in order, the next thing is revealed. You may not understand the dynamics of all the laws behind it yet, but you will start to feel a freedom and a breath in your life. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, a woman. She was very, very famous. Maybe you can help me, Deborah. When uh, she was famous for, Leave the problem to God and go clean. You know, she was, at the time of the Marcus Bach, you know, people came out at that time and had all these wonderful thoughts. And then put your attention upon order. And that means, so I, I went through a tremendous healing journey. And um, all I could do was put my attention, when I couldn't move my body, all I could do was receive what the beauty was speaking to me. And it shifted my whole life. It shifted my... (coughs) Excuse me. It's like it's, it's really... It was such an experience. And it was an experience of realizing that I was being raised up by the physical. You know, that I was being taught things that were so extraordinary, that as I connected, not with my mind, but through the receiving, and this beautiful experience that was available,
0: <clears throat> my whole life, my whole life, shifted. So you have told me before, and maybe you'd like to share that what happened to you was devastating. Uh, you were out of commission for over a year, right? Uh, literally, before um, I
1: could even start to um, get out. Well, before I could even go to a doctor, I was out of.
0: All right, so why don't you go ahead and, and let us hear that, um, that story, because that really is the turning point mm-hmm. uh, in so many ways for y- you know, your work and your life. So
1: I might just say this. It, I then understood, because of the next level of what I had to go through, I understood how and why I'd been so involved with the poor and the disenfranchised in the community. How and what was behind my being a trainer for United Way. Why I was brought to all the things I was brought to in the silence of my recovery is when I began to understand. So it's kind of like we go through this whole taking apart, which is what we're in the world right now about. So much fear and uh, things coming up that we don't realize how much we can take on the fear of other people because we're so much in our own fear. If I had taken on the fear that it was to come out of a death experience and move from a coma into the world, I can tell you one thing. As I came out of the coma after having had the experience of the death that I did, which I have full memory of, as I was um, in on the ventilator, which is a story to itself. We'll have to talk about it sometime. Because I learned that, I learned what it is to be breathed by God. And so um, as it came out of it, I have a very unusual home, and I had been prepared to be able to have it, not knowing what was going to happen to me. And I have uh, beautiful tigers on my walls in my home. Pictures photograph, okay? Mm-hmm. Rather unusual. takes people's breath away sometimes when they walk into my home, because I do live what I teach. I don't design according to my mind. I design according to a magnificent living system that designs me. And out of that, I am blessed continuously in ways I couldn't even imagine. So what happened is, is that I came out of the I, I was laying there with the ventilator on so I couldn't talk, and I was pondering in my thoughts, was I really going to remain after everything I'd been through? Was I staying on the planet? And a woman nurse came up, and she, of course, couldn't hear me. But I just want you to know, this is how glorious this world is in our relationship with God, in our relationship with connection to the magnificence of physical, this woman came up and she grabbed my hand and she said, Honey, you have only to reach for the tiger deep down inside, and you may live. And from that point, my whole life shifted. Wow. uh, And um, I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything, but I had the answer. And I, I just became quiet and I just knew I had a journey ahead. And that was a long journey. What did it teach me? The power of letting go. What did it teach me? That everything that occurred for me didn't come from goals, and I'm not, I'm not trying to demean goals, but there was something greater that I was to be able to receive beyond anything I could imagine. Consciousness world, um, we'd say that uh, well you've got to imagine and you need to see that you know when you can't move your arms that you uh, that you know they're out there they're already out there and and you're moving your arms and you're running and you're doing all those things. You could say I went through a backwards kind of experience, and in that. I was in a pool one day, and my arms were right by my side, and I couldn't move them. And I was being with my arms. I was just being with my arms, and all of a sudden, my arms spoke to me. Now it's maybe a little hard for some of you to hear, but this is what happened. All of a sudden, I was being told that I was to experience my arms in a space out in front of me. So I just listened to my arms and, and felt the space. Not because I imagined it was my mind and, you know, all that stuff. My arms spoke, and I was present to the space. And I thought, oh, so thank you. I learned to thank my body. I learned to thank every movement. When you, when you can't move, it isn't about uh, judging It's about being grateful for every degree of movement that I could ever have, and each thing was this delicious moment, exhilarating joy, that one little tiny thing, one little detail, and I learned God is in the details, right? And the pictures that you're seeing are such brilliant color. The pictures that you're viewing today, they're such an expression of me because after I came out of the experience I had, I have... Recognize the world from a whole different place of the which I experienced on the other side. The brilliance, the colors. Those pictures are an experience of so close to me about how I experience color now. The joy of color, the joy of, you know, the majesty of physical existence. So, as I understood about my arms, I just accepted they had a space they reside in. And you know what? In time, all of a sudden, my arms began to do certain things, just naturally, not through my goals or anything else. I just kept putting myself into the water, and before you knew it, my, my arms were able to reside inside the space where they were meant to go.
0: Amazing. It was trust.
1: seeking in existence, that had a pattern.
0: You know, we talk about the fact that this show is about beauty, space, and abundance, and you've just talked about space in a very unique way when you're talking about being present in the space when you were in the pool, and your arms were being imagined, how you, you know, speaking to you. Um, that's very yeah, different. Yeah, wasn't imagined. That's
1: they were just speaking.
0: That's yes i i I clarified that myself, but yeah, I know I, I it's like i say it's 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 not um it's not the the run-of the mill stuff that we hear all the time, you know, just like you said earlier when people talk about the uh law of attraction you know that's that's all old hat kind of <laughs> so it's been here it's been here, done that uh we've we've just heard it enough now that that it
1: does it does some beautiful things right it robs you of being able to have that which you're meant to have that your mind couldn't even conceive. See, I was meant to have my arms. I, I listened into the physical existence. One more thing I might mention, when I first um, was laying there and, and couldn't do anything, I had the joy of this pigeon family come and roost on, outside my door on the porch. I couldn't move, okay? But I knew they were dancing for me. I knew that they were bringing me such joy. I was even having a hard time in the beginning with my brain pattern connecting, okay? And I want you to know it's fully connected, so not this is not um, a problem now, <laughs> even though this <laughs> may not be something you totally understand yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you and I have, have known each other for several months, maybe almost a year, and, I, and I, I learn something every time we talk because it is outside of my experience. Hmm. Your, your um, I, I want to say framing of the world, and I'm not sure that's the right words either, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's not only different, it's also brilliant, wonderful, alive.
1: It, it's a little scary. To deconstruct the way that you thought things always were.
0: Right. Well, let's talk about uh just for fun, let's talk about one of my closets and what that might well, do let's tell tell t-
1: what you went through in your home. I mean, you know, precisely. Remember when we first started out and the things you were dealing with and what you were dealing with a family member and things like that and do you remember any of that?
0: Um, it's been so much going on here at this house. Um, it would probably be easier to talk about a closet just because I have I have one closet in mind that has things in it that are things of my mother's okay, that, I, that I don't... When my mother passed away five years ago, it was five years ago in January, I was in Arkansas when that happened, and I chose almost all of her things as important things to me to bring back to Arizona. And I ended up bringing an entire house worth of stuff into a home that already had my stuff and my husband's mother's stuff. So we had three different dining room sets and three different living room sets. And it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it was chaos created and that that whole idea of letting go of some of my mother's things sets me on edge to the point where i i resist it terribly and i can't figure out what exactly is going on why would i be carrying my mother's baggage when i've got plenty of my own right
1: <laughs> let me suggest something space originally is alive Human beings kind of act like, oh, it's consciousness, and we do this and that. And believe me, I respect that. There's a group called Access. I love what they do. And, uh, And there's beautiful things that occur. But the thing is, space is teeming with life. It is a living pattern, okay? So you had a closet that had a certain pattern going on, a pattern before you took your mother's stuff in that pattern that was in your closet had certain hanging on attitudes, didn't it? Oh, yeah. So you hadn't cleaned that closet before you went to be with your mother's stuff. Uh,
0: I, can, I can actually tell you that to this day, this very day, I still have a little raincoat kind of thing, a lavender raincoat that I wore in high school that would not fit on one of my arms <laughs>
1: it. but
0: it's there when i look at it i remember things that i liked about high school and i think that's okay. why i keep it but i'm wondering because if there's okay. really no if room to, well i was just going to say
1: sample if i could real quick so it's not quite so vulnerable okay sure I went into a house one of our family that we worked with um, She ended up, we finally got to the place where we could really work in the bedroom. We're always working from these transformative laws of beauty in such a way that the person is always at choice and always feeling. The most vital thing I see that's going on on our planet is we have gotten so disconnected from the physical as far as feeling, let alone our own families. But I can promise you, as you can get connected to the physical environment, and start to really tell the truth about all the crowding and all the things that you have that you've never told the truth about and really allow for the pain, allow for the feeling, because it's the, it's, it's certain behaviors that are holding it in place. So this woman, back to this story, we got to what she thought was her um, beautiful uh, Reality for her that was really uh, she was attached to, the principle of the radiating point. She was just so excited about it and all this. And, and the truth is, what it was was a prom dress. and it was a prom dress from 40 years ago. And it had all and, and it was dead if you looked at it. And um, it didn't have its color, it was dull, but she had everything in her mind. Okay? Of the way it was. Mhm. There were eighteen of us at the time when we were in that house. And we stood around her and we just were with her and helped her and not tried to change her mind. I'm not there to change your mind. I'm there for you to recognize what your mind does. Okay? And the mind was making all the decisions and all the um you know, and the way she was gonna she was goal setting about and all that stuff. And it was all around this item that was, you know, revealing a lot about where she'd been living her life. What what happened is the bottom line is she had never let anybody in into her home in years and years and years. When she finally let go of the item and got in touch with how she was entrained to her father, by the way he always hung on and how he thought certain things. Okay. When she let go of that, she ended up having a huge cry. We were all with her while she cried. Everybody else was looking at all the things they keep in their closet that they'd never told the truth about. So this is not about, you know, take care of the person, help them to get out of the condition and get back into society. Uh Uh-uh. This is about each and every one of us recognizing where these hanging-on attitudes are, where we do not have space teeming with life that allows us to be able to have this wonderful flow available to us. And truly, it's it's so magnificent because after she got through the tears, no judgment, no trying to, just just being there is just consoling her, then she was able to let go. She even tried to make it into something else, you know, for her kids and discovered that she was just trying to cast it on to others what she, you know I advise that if you're letting go of something don't try to give it just to your family unless, it, unless the item itself tells you because the mind will always contrive and fix and try to uh, put it in the way that it can control it, okay this is a release so as she released, within that year she ended up being acclaimed for something that she told me in the room that day that she had never told anybody what she was wanting to accomplish, that she felt in her soul that she could accomplish. And, of course, the house would never have allowed for that to be accomplished. And within a year, she became acclaimed throughout the world for something that she was able to do in the writing and the things that she had accomplished. She let go.
0: Right. I was just going to say, so those hanging on attitudes can be like an anchor that you don't even realize the weight of what you're driving around all the time is something that you can do something about.
1: Something else I might mention, if all of you are into de-aging, you know, and, and we think that, well, it's the right pills, and it's all this stuff. When you're not telling the truth in your environment, there is nothing that has greater gravity on you than aging when you're hanging on to that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you're getting connected, you're entrained to all the old ways. It's, it's When I worked with people, I just helped them to recognize the goats. All of these physical objects, This is where it gets real interesting because I'm talking about principles in which you don't make the decision. You're learning to learn from the physical how it is revealing to you what your choice is, okay? I know it sounds Mm -hmm. a little unusual because these are principles that go deep and there are principles that are not spoken of a great deal yet in the world because we're always in command with our mind.
0: Well, I think... Also, Donna, if you talk about radiating point, you just mentioned it a moment ago, but you did not really give our listeners the, the full scope of what the radiating point is, and I think that will be pretty transformative information.
1: I'm going to say it's an experience. So you have individuals in the world that are always talking about reflection. The mountains are a reflection of who you are. That's easy for all of you to get, right? Uh The rivers are a reflection. Um, Things are mirroring you. The conditions of the world are mirroring you. That's all a world being uh, controlled through the mind. This world does not exist in reflection. This world that when I receive, and like I say, there's layers. This is a very layered world. When I receive what the truth of beauty really is, when I receive what the speaking of it is, not as a mirror, not as a reflection, as a participation. This is a world that I, dis- that I came to know during these years that is directly, should we not connect with this world, then we have certain outcomes that are destined in our world. Because these are living worlds that participate with us. They really are. And if we ignore them and think we can do everything through our mind and through just consciousness, then we actually leave out the world that could respond to us. Formative law of beauty is to be able to receive through this anchored experience of your relationship to beauty and through being able to, I mean literally, I do coaching with people and in this coaching, it's called Radiant Reality. And by the time we're through of a one-month coaching, they're not only experiencing a different world, they're, they're experiencing it through their eyes, through their heart, through their uh, total soul experience. They're also experiencing this world responding to them as soon as the connection happens. So it is, I can tell you one thing, an object either collapses space or expands space. Beauty is a gift that is here for us. And when you can truly be connected to it. Now, I'm not going to do a radiating point process from this level of beauty and physicality and truly receive it. So an experience, is when I was receiving from the pigeons, okay, on the porch.
0: Uh-huh.
1: They were dancing with glee. They were having their babies and they were racing around their nests. And I know some people may not like pigeons. But let me tell you, they were a life vest to me. They were that which I couldn't move and I knew every degree of what their antics were. I couldn't have recognized except that's really what was going on in me, even though it wasn't evident. And I danced with glee being connected to that inside myself. And in time, my body would respond to the dance. So we have a physical world that we don't know, and I, I, am, a, I am committed in the relationship to our home that it, if this is a year of purge, okay? And I truly mean tell the truth. Go through it. Feel it. Yes, we have courses. Yes, you will learn what the generational patterns are, what the depression era mentality is, what these systems are. You will learn what it is not to just skip a step. If we skip the step of chaos, we skip the opportunity of receiving the fullness. I know you're going to have fun with that, Deborah. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. It's just, um, it feels daunting if a person has, all right, I'll just say it this way. I am not a hoarder, but I have tendencies towards keeping a lot of stuff. And my mother, rest her soul, was a hoarder, and I actually cleaned out her entire house over the course of a 30-day period. I went to Arkansas, and I cleared out. She wouldn't let me get a dumpster, but we did have the big 50-gallon trash bags. And I think on every trash day, I put 30 bags at the curb, by myself. That's I have never right. been so exhausted or happy when it was done. I was very happy. And she, for the rest of life, uh, the rest of her life, um, had her home back. And I will never forget that. I, it was the best gift probably that I ever gave my mother. It was the hardest thing that we ever did together because she... Was not physically able to do anything except watch me, and she wanted to. <laughs> she wanted to have dominion over every single piece of whatever it was, even if it was trash. She wanted to tell me where to put it. And finally, we had to come to an accommodation where I said, "You need to trust me. I, I've been doing this, you know, for months or for weeks now. Let me just finish. You go and sit and watch television, and let me just finish. I will do this the way I know you want it done." So finally she did, but oh my goodness. Can you imagine an entire four-bedroom house?
1: Oh, I can't.
0: The living room was unwalkable, and it was like...
1: I want to emphasize something here for a moment. When we went into the conditions, like what you're talking about, we weren't there to judge. None of it is about judgment. I want all of you to be able to know this. Um, If you're in a chaotic condition, it's not about judgment. It's about what you're going to learn from what you've taken on, from what you may have kept from others, from what you may have uh, entrained to, meaning uh, fully connected to, from the Depression-era mentality and took it on as yours. So all of these things are here in the chaotic ways to teach us step by step, this acknowledgement of consciously recognizing what we've moved through. Like I said, if we skipped the step, if I, and I had to learn this, if I had just come out of it and been completely healed instantly and in all of that, I would not have known the level of how to teach this to others. I would not have known how to reach out to people in the world that are going through what I know they're going through. We are in a world right now where we are going to face things beyond anything we've ever faced. We're, going to, we're meant to face what our judgments are, whether it be at government level, whether it be in your home level, whether it be with your spouse, whether it be people directing it towards the mother of gang leaders, all of that, you know, we are truly meant to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I don't mean in a way that's not responsible. I mean when we can we can serve, we can speak, we can be clear in dignity without judging and still support people to recognize that this isn't something that, that they have a choice. Okay, the most important thing when I went, one of the important things when I came back from what I came back from was this is the time of choice was the message. How is the mother of a gang leader, how are the families that have lost the jobs and don't have personal growth training or anything like that, how are they going to be at choice? Is a family that has um, been connected through the individual that's, you know, the family system, seven year, seven generations is in jail. How do you break that? There is a way. It is the family that remains being able to recognize. We went in and worked with uh, prisoners when I was in Bringing Home America. We, I saw extraordinary things, let me tell you. But the thing is, when we're willing to tell the truth and not know, This condition that's occurring in the world isn't going to be a condition that we're going to know everything of how to respond except in our own space. And the more that you clear out, there's a huge cost that's occurring for you, Deborah, um, that you're starting to recognize in regards to what's in your closet. And as you can tell the truth, as you can, and you know I'm here to coach you, but as you can see what those physical objects are holding in place in the conversations that are weighing you down that actually you still don't have choice about.
0: Well, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example that I wouldn't mind sharing. Uh, And that is the dining table that was my mother's, that is absolutely beautiful, is a uh, Scandinavian, I think, it's been, uh, I think we've had it in the family for 60 years, it has been in five countries, I mean, it has traveled the world, because <laughs> I traveled the world, and um, it's gorgeous, and I don't let anybody set anything on it, unless it's got a table pad and a, um, a cover on it, so that means I never get to see the beautiful wood. And it drives me crazy. It drives me out of my mind because I want to see the top of that table. So now I'm thinking for the rest of my life, I would like to keep that table. I would like to enjoy that table. And I think I'm going to have it. um, I think I'll do it myself. I hope I can do it. Uh, Just put a urethane finish on it, make it indestructible, and then enjoy it. Because right now it is a thorn in my side almost. I don't want people to get near it. It doesn't make sense. It's the dining table. (laughs)
1: This is a a very good thing, what you're bringing up. When you have things covered, I can promise you there's things that it's a behavior. It's a behavior that you're not, you're always, there's a, this is about you personally, this is about each and every one of us. When we cover up things or you cover up the couch um, and don't enjoy it, that's a depression era mentality. That's the one called well, you know, I use my good dishes only for when the guests come. I put right. out the guest towels only when the guests come. I don't need to have that good a towel. And this becomes a behavior of cover-up. It's a way that we refrain from being able to receive what we're meant to receive. We don't know it. Beauty. When you're really, truly connected in a radiating point, It is a living words, living world system. It is something that is vital that you recognize the depth of what it really is because when you do cleaning from a level of a radiating point telling you what to let go of, I promise you there's another part to this that isn't comfortable. This is not about going on to the beauty and just feeling great. This is about the emotions and the behaviors that are held in place behind the objects you actually let go. You can be the opportunity of your mother completing, through you, Deborah, of the hoarding, of that final touch of hoarding that you have.
0: Well, I think this is a good place for us to probably rest for the day, and the reason I say that is because I think we'll bring this up again as I continue to clean my own closets, and um, I'm working on a project right now to actually move from this home to another one, and it's going to be one of those things where I'll be calling you and saying, okay, help me, because I am in uh, the pits of hell (laughs) because I can't figure out what to do with all this double, triple stuff.
1: if I can just say one more thing. We choose not to face it With in a very, very unconscious way. We know that there's stuff that's going to come up. And if you can know in this beautiful way that the stuff that does come up, you may have tears about it. You may know, oh, my gosh, this is beauty of the past. That's one of the hardest things for people to let go. Easy to let go of the first beginning things. But then when things start to really be revealed, go and then you get to the beauty of the past, a thing either collapses space or expands it. That which is meant to be in the space has a rightful place. That which is not does not doesn't belong and it collapses and starts to add all those emotions and all those feelings that begin to build Structures that reinforce your fear and reinforce you not being able to receive. This is a receiving world. But when you hang on to the stuff, try to see where in the world you can put more. What unity is there to receive? There's no space.
0: Well, not only do I like what you just said, and I'm going to listen to it again myself because it was very helpful. The way you just point uh, put that but i also like the idea of some closure for my mother's let's just use the word hoarding which i hate but
1: the admission you want to have is that yes you are a hoarder you're her daughter <laughs> yes.
0: yeah i am a hoarder it's okay. and it's really it's okay. yeah i so yeah i really i really will be um
1: <laughs> i would i would be lying
0: that. i would be lying if i said i'm not and the reason i it's amazing um 90 no, 80% of my house is perfect, and 20% is absolutely, you cannot believe how bad it is. So I, I, I am keeping it uh, under control, but it is, sometimes controls me. So I think we'll leave it at that.
1: Thank you for your vulnerability, because there's so many people out there listening right now that they can see some corner in their world that really is hoarding, and they, they didn't know. Each and every one I- of us can learn from each other.
0: I agree with you, and what's great is um, even though this, this show that this launch of this show is happening on a fifth Thursday, because I was not paying attention to the calendar, I wonder what that's all about, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> more of that good stuff to figure out. Uh, but our show will be on the first and third Thursday of every month. So this one was a bonus. This was um, this is not the first or the third, but the next show will be. Um, either the first or third Thursday, and um, 11 o'clock Pacific is our time. And I think next time maybe we want to talk about the Glory of Home program that you have, and and we'll have a way for people to receive something about that.
1: There was just a little chaos in the space, so it didn't get to uh, happen this time. So we look forward to being able to make that offer to you at the next show. Please share this with any of your friends. I know it's a different kind of paradigm of speaking, and, uh, but I want you to know as you begin to get in touch with it, it bears witness of everything that I've said. It's not about me. It's a system. It's a design that's here for each and every one of us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with me here today, Donna, and all of our people that were listening and will listen in the future. And let me just close the show by saying, again, living life to the fullest is more than a dream or a wish. And I can go back to something you said earlier that the nurse said to you, reach for the tiger within. I think we can all do that. All right, everyone, go forth and clean a closet. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a closet to clean, remember. All right, well, I've got to go clean a closet, so I'm going to sign off for now. Thank you. Bye. It was great to meet everybody. Bye-bye, everyone.